0: Hey son, and hello! Welcome to Nordic Insights, where I introduce you to high-achieving Nordics and Nordic-inspired people with niche expertise in business, lifestyle, education, innovation, tech, travel, and more. I'm your host Satu Raunola, a Finn passionate about all things Nordic, as well as yoga, running, sustainability, well-being, and great coffee. Listen in for some tips on Nordic approaches to a happier and more holistic business and personal life. Join me to explore Nordic common sense and trends in this complex world. This podcast is delivered to you every Wednesday. Welcome back to Nordic Insights. It is 31st of December of 2020 what a year it has been this episode number 25 is the last episode of this year I have had such a great and yes sometimes challenging time as well in making my podcast I have met the most fascinating Nordics and Nordic inspired people who have very generously shared their inspirational stories I'm forever grateful for their collaboration and personal insights I hope you You, my listeners, have enjoyed their company and found their stories interesting. My guest today is Sami Jäskäläinen, who is the community director for a very interesting organization called Nordic Innovation House. Sami is based in Singapore. He has a very colorful and interesting career starting as a chef, then moving to advertising and working with a major global brands such as Nokia and Finlandia Vodka. Today he is a Nordic startup advisor and expert in Southeast Asia. His resilience and curiosity in conquering new areas to progress in his professional life is really inspiring. Let's meet Sami. I'm talking today with Sami Jäskäläinen, the community director of a very unique organization called Nordic Innovation House. Sami is based in Singapore. He is originally from Helsinki and uh, Sami has a very interesting career that includes working in advertising industry with some some of the really iconic Finnish brands such as Nokia and Finlandia Vodka. And now currently Sami has ended up working uh, in the startup industry based in Singapore. So welcome Sami, great to have you as my guest.
1: Thank you Satuan, pleasure to be here
0: first before we go to your career journey can you tell us what is nordic innovation house uh, it is a very unique interesting organization
1: Sure, absolutely. So um, essentially Nordic Innovation House is what we call as a community platform which aims to support and help and accelerate uh, high-quality Nordic tech startups, scale-ups and growth companies that are coming to to Singapore. And of course, many of them are using Singapore just as a springboard then for the uh, Southeast Asia markets. And uh, we are actually joint collaboration between the Nordic countries and are uh, supported by Nordic Council of Ministers and an organization called Nordic Innovation, which is headquartered in Oslo. And then in our Singapore team, we have Business Sweden, Innovation Norway, Finnish Embassy and Promote uh, Iceland on board. And uh, we support companies quite many ways. I would say that our daily work is quite industry agnostic. So as long as you're a Nordic tech company, they can be our members and we can support them and helping them to connect to the right ecosystem stakeholders here in Singapore and, and Southeast Asia. And then we are also running these very uh vertical specific market entry programs which aims to help companies to start doing their market validation start gaining the insights and the knowledge of the different markets and then hopefully that will lead lead something uh something great and and help them this way and to companies to establish their presence here in singapore and um, yeah, currently we have offices in Silicon Valley. So that, that's the place where our journey as well started and then followed by New York. Singapore was the third office open in 2018. And we have also offices in Hong Kong and Tokyo. So five, five uh, exciting locations for the Nordic tech companies.
0: It's pretty amazing uh, that five countries work, work like this together. And uh, join forces. So it's pretty amazing uh, organization. Now, Indeed, yeah. when we then think of your, uh, your own career. So you are originally from Helsinki. Correct. Yeah, And you said that you worked first as a chef. Yes. Yeah. So that was my, I guess
1: my first life (laughs) in a way. So I was, I was, so that was my kind of like a childhood dream. And and of course I wanted to pursue that. Uh, I was working in Helsinki and Italy, mainly in, in, in Italian restaurants for quite a while. And um, then after like 10, 10, plus years, I, I wanted to do something else. I realized that I, I, I still enjoy cooking a, a lot and I do that lot of lot at home to uh, entertain my friends with a bottle of wine and and some pasta but uh, uh basically I want to do something else and so then I went back to the school uh you know uh, long story short went to the uh, the high school did that during the evening, while I was still working, and then uh, ended up studying in Helsinki School of Economics, which is these at the state, the Alto university, and, and then graduated uh, from there. And then after that, I I started working in advertising. I was working in the biggest uh, digital ad agency in Helsinki or in Finland uh, back in the days called Luxus, and then they also opened office here in Singapore, so I ended up here um i guess it's been always kind of like in my blood i want to want to keep exploring and, and 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 moving abroad again uh because i was also studying in italy for for a while while i was uh in Helsinki school of economics so um uh, ended up here uh work here with Luxus, then also with a couple of big network agencies like tbwa dan and then uh, rga so all Always be working on the digital field uh, which is really uh, fascinating and exciting because uh, you know you're always kind of like looking for new solutions new innovations through technology in advertising context and, and of course working with the creative people is also, also always fun
0: yeah great and um, so how did you then end up working in the startup world
1: yeah so then after ten plus years, so seems like ten is the kind of like the magic number in my case. I need to do something different every every ten years. Uh, but after ten plus years, I I, I really enjoyed the advertising life, you know, in a way because, like I said, working with the technology, working with the creative people, people from multiple disciplines. Uh, but then I start feeling that kind of like perhaps the the outcome of the work is is not really kind of like ticking my personal boxes anymore. So hence I want to. do to, wanted to do something more more purposeful, and um, I guess it then you know luck and being in the right place uh, at the right time uh, plays a part. So at that time, slush was coming from uh, from Helsinki, Finland to Singapore first time, and then my my friend uh, Ratala, who was then heading the slush here in Singapore, she called me and like, hey. Uh, I need good people to, to build a team here and, and bring basically Slush from, uh, from Helsinki to Singapore and, and I just couldn't say no. So that that's how I jumped to the startup world and there I was heading the partnership. So I was working mainly with the large corporations, thinking about different ways how to collaborate with the startups, uh, how to engage with the startups using Slush as a platform. And... Um, that was quite exciting time in many ways, uh, because uh, Singapore startup scene was, was kind of like picking up really quickly at that point. And also then Slush had, a, had a events and activities in Tokyo and Shanghai, so it gave quite a good kind of like overview also what's going on here in, in Asia, plus then connecting kind of to the, to the Nordic routes through the main Slush event.
0: Right. And for our listeners, Lush is a very big uh, conference for startups that's uh, every November in Finland. And I think last year they had 20,000 people. And I think it's one of the biggest um, startup conferences in, in Europe nowadays.
1: Yeah, yeah. And they do have a very unique approach because it's really founder-focused. So they really put a lot of effort to, to build support and, and help the founders, which is which is quite unique also.
0: Yeah. And what, as a Nordic, uh, what do you feel like that you have had lots of different roles, and now living in, in Singapore, it's a it's a culturally very different world. And what kind of Nordic and Finnish characteristics uh, and values have assisted you in your journey to to your success?
1: Yeah, that's a that's a good question. I would say probably it's the uh, the the perseverance and and then the. The honesty in, in many ways, which can be considered also quite quite unique in many Asian cultures. And, and I always considered myself as a very hands-on. So, uh, you know, leading by example and doing things first and uh, and showing the good example in, in, in that way. And, of course, always been kind of like trying to keep the communications very open. So, again, goes, goes back to that honesty and, uh, you know, trying to be build very flat organization whatever you do so then and and kind of like very uh, communication open organization
0: and what attracts you to work in singapore in in asia
1: well singapore is definitely the place to be in southeast asia if you are in startup and innovation and technology uh, field because this is really the hub of southeast asia uh, in In many ways the whole how the whole ecosystem has been growing here during the last seven eight years it's really has been a remarkable journey like the whole Singapore story has been quite quite amazing, thinking that like where they are now and how fast and how far they 've been able to go in in fifty plus plus years um, so really kind of like uh, you know it ticks all the boxes and all the all the pieces of the puzzle have come really nicely together you have a have a very supportive uh supportive government organizations uh the VC landscape here is very active uh, roughly 50 percent of the southeast asian startup investments go through to singapore uh, uh every year uh you know you have a good access of talent not only singapore but also regionally and globally so it's kind of like a honeypot which is which is uh uh, Attracting people, uh, the regulation regulatory landscape is quite uh, startup friendly, and, and Singapore has always been very business friendly. Uh, it's very safe, uh, you know. English is the uh, official language, so it's it's very easy place to start your Southeast Asia journey. And, and I guess once you put all this together, it it has really created uh, an amazing ecosystem here. Mm. So it's very easy to easy to come here and and, and jump on.
0: Yes. And so how many years have you been there now?
1: So it comes 11. So I, I initially came here for one year stint and then I guess that Singapore happened. So uh, so now, yeah, 10, 10 plus years here already. So Yeah,
0: I came to Australia for two years and 25 years later, I'm still here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Life happens. Yeah. So if we still talk about the Nordic Innovation House, mm. you're working with other Nordic colleagues from yes. five different countries what's it like I mean you have a very you know common course and there's so many similarities and of course the, the culture is a very good fit because you know there's culture quite good understanding uh, but there are still quite distinct differences with with different all different five countries so how would you how would you kind of analyze that those differences
1: yeah, that's a, that's a good one. I guess that the stereotypes are, are coming from somewhere, right, and holding some truth. But, uh, of course, it always boils down a lot of with the individual people and, and their personalities also. But you can see the, uh, some differences, of course, and, and maybe what I have been experiencing is that um, maybe Finns are usually more straightforward going to the point quite quickly quite quite hands-on on on usually as well Um, swedes usually like to engage and discuss and find that kind of consensus and discuss with everyone and make sure that everybody has their opportunities to to say and, and contribute and um and then I guess the Norwegians are somewhere between these two most of <laughs> my, my experiences. Uh, but, uh, yeah, but of course they, they do share a lot of similarities as well, like we previously discussed about those Nordic values and honesty and, and you know, flat organisations and empowerment and, and things like that. So, uh,
0: well, how do you, working as a Finn in Asia uh, and work with your team, it's the culture where you come from very different of course. So what the, what things do you think you bring into to your team who are, I'm assuming maybe are from Asia? Mm.
1: Yeah so my team is obviously like very Nordic. One of my colleagues is, is Singaporean and of course been working in in here in Singapore so many years and been working very closely with the Singaporeans and, and many other nationalities as, as, as well. Um, I would say that it is those those Nordic values really kind of like uh, keeping the communications open, being honest, being transparent uh, and uh, and you know that empowerment and, and making making sure that uh, there 's as little barriers for everything to collaborate communicate and, and and so on and but I have to say that it 's not uh, it's not always a, a smooth ride, and, and and what we have also seen here is that it, because it can be a quite culture shock for the for the Asian people as well, because many of these these Nordic values uh, can be quite uh, disruptive and confusing if kind of like if the whole process is not managed very well. You really need to explain and, and kind of like manage their expectations and and explain that that. What are we doing here why we are communicating like this and that and, uh, and uh, why things are done in a certain way and what what is expected from you and and what not and, and uh, so yeah so if you don't manage that that cultural uh, mix it, it can be quite confusing as well
0: yes I'm sure there might be some very confusing confusing way to communicate and, and especially specations um. but they don't like to be so direct like with things and and they don't like to say no to things and so, yeah, so exactly. it, it's, there's a lot of exactly you must um, do a lot of explaining why things are done in, in that way. Yeah,
1: yeah. And having an honest conversation with your boss or or colleague who is maybe higher in the organization than you is, is not we take that as a granted we can we can do that. But uh, Asian in Asian culture is is not really the case many times
0: how do you then um make that change and so how do you get people to to be inspired that they actually follow you and they they kind of take the you know they, they kind of accept the change and they come on board yeah um
1: i guess it's the uh you know managing the expectations and also you know, this is not something what will happen overnight. So you, you also need to be patient and, and you also need to understand where they are coming from and why they are why their behavior is is what it is right. And then kind of like open up the reasons in that context. And but, but like I said, it's it's important to understand where they are coming from and why why they are used to, to behave in a certain way. And, uh, and like I said, it doesn't happen overnight. Uh, you need to use different ways to do it, uh, you know, by teamwork, you know, by corridor conversations and, and officially, unofficially, and, uh, and, and really kind of like encourage them to uh, adapt these ways of working. But of course, it, you know uh, everybody needs to adapt because we—if I'm here as a Finn and as a Nordic, like I, I cannot expect that it, exactly the, the Nordic way of working works here. So the, then you need to find kind of like the good common ground here. But of course, you can insert some of the good, good things from the Nordic working culture, but also you can you can choose some of the good aspects then from the Singaporean working culture and, and then make the best out of that.
0: Mm, yeah, exactly. Now this year has been quite a year for everybody, very challenging. Yes. So what has what has your year there in Singapore been like? Uh
1: actually we've been quite busy. Of course, like at the beginning of the year we were also quite uh, you know, a bit confused and and everybody was kind of like on their toes and and Waiting, that what's going to happen and how quickly this will pass, and and once once we we realize the magnitude of, of and the scale of this this COVID and, and the impact of that, then then you just switch the gears quickly, shift everything online, and uh, and then push forward and execute from there. So we actually been like, if, if I'm looking at the numbers of, you know, how many activations, events, webinars, programs we have been doing this year, it's much, much more than on the, on the normal year. And uh, so there are some benefits also, because then you can, it's somewhat, it's easier to engage and get people to the room uh, virtually. But of course, again, from the business perspective one challenge is definitely that that trust and relationship building which is really crucial in in asia and singapore as well so how do you do that virtually and uh, and then again we are kind of like in the in an interesting situation because the the trust in the nordics by default, is quite much higher compared to the the Asia, so people trust each other. Uh, It is actually possible to do business fully virtually in the Nordics, and you can close the deals perhaps even without meeting your counterpart physically. But in Asia, it's not really the case, because everything here is about about the trust and the relationship, and you need to meet, you need to wine and dine, and, and you need to have those conversations, and... And once the trust is built, then, of course, things start to get a little bit easier. But kicking off new business projects in this COVID time is definitely a, a much, much more challenging because of the, of the virtual aspect.
0: So you see that you're busier than previous years. What do you think is the, what's causing it?
1: I guess that it's at somewhat you are more efficient because you don't need to take that traveling, travel aspect right Uh, you don't need to go to the meetings you can actually do quite a lot of meetings back to back it can be quite more (laughs) much more exhausting as well as we all probably have noticed Uh, some for one telco, the other one Uh, but it's also kind of like the uh, the barriers to join for example our programs because you don't need to come here you can you can join these webinars and the programs virtually so it's a little bit easier in that sense Also kind of like good things what we have noticed that, like what I mentioned earlier, that it's somewhat easier to get more right people into room virtual because it's more convenient for everybody. They can dial in from their office, from the, you know, from the hospitals. And we talk about the Maiden Health Tech programs or home or wherever they are. So, uh,
0: Mm, that's interesting well that's a good sign because in many industries you know it's been so much more quiet in, in, in this year so it's great to hear that there is, and it means that innovation and startup that's a new fresh blood and new fresh things coming coming in 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 the region so that's really good news
1: exactly and i think that moving forward like I don't think that we are going back to the old world, and uh, I guess everybody is, is trying to figure out now what what does the new norm looks like, but if I would need to pick kind of like some of the good good outcomes and silver linings from this COVID is, is something about our activities, so then it would definitely be something hybrid. Uh, you know, doing some things definitely virtually, some things physically, but but. Again, finding those good, good things and good silver linings from, from this situation and, and then uh, taking those even further by adding some physical elements whenever then the, the travel restrictions are, are lifted.
0: Mm, yes, exactly. That's a very interesting um, point. What does the future look for Nordic Innovation House?
1: I think it looks very good. We we have had a really good two years, two plus years here so far. Although that of, of course this year was was a little bit challenged, but but like I said, we've been actually really really active and and really looking forward to kind of like taking things forward forward. Um, so we started about two years ago, and of course, building this kind of setup with the new service offering and everything, making everything work. Operations, bringing all the country organizations together, and, and you know, because they all have had their own ways of old ways of working, and now this is kind of like the 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 time when we everybody needs to adapt. So there has been a lot of that that work, and I see that we are not there yet. So there's a lot of things what I still want to bring on the table and and kind of like push the organization forward. And uh, and also build probably stronger kind of like Asia presence. So and luckily we have a ho- uh, Nordic Innovation Houses now in Tokyo and 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 Hong Kong as well. So kind of like how we can take take this collaboration even further. Uh, then moving moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it looks good. I'm always trying to be positive and like picking those silver linings and and obviously like being quick to adapt whatever the situation is in six months and you know having those plan b some backup plans contingency plans and uh, then try to build things so that you can quickly adapt and adjust if and when the situation then then changes Mm. but in general i think that singapore as a kind of like the the startup hub in southeast asia that is not going away Uh, there are a lot of there's so many good things from the Nordics, what are really needed in Asia. If you talk about circular economic sustainability solutions, digital transformation, you know, service design, UX, UI things. So those those haven't gone away. And many fields, actually, this whole COVID has been accelerating the need of this digital transformation in, in many ways. And, uh, and and Nordics has a very solid uh, foundation of providing good solutions. So I, I think that we have a very good future Especially here in Singapore, ahead.
0: That's a very good point because um, you know, in in fortunately, if you think about sustainability and innovation in general, you know, we kind of benchmark benchmark in many industries in the Nordics, and because mm-hmm. of COVID, as you said, many of these new things that we have in the nordics actually are really relevant in this new world in uh, in many many other countries as well so that uh, you know covid must have created quite a lot of new opportunities
1: exactly exactly
0: oh that's that's great to hear what do you miss from finland
1: oh it's the summertime. so <laughs> you know after sauna sitting at the end of the pier or dock and putting your feet to the uh, To the lake uh that's always something uh it it is priceless and of course that's that's what i miss and of course then the winter time as well if it's a proper winter you know lapland the northern lights you know snowboarding with the powder snow and things like that but definitely it's summertime the nature the archipelago and it's always so fascinating that um the mindset of the Nordic people during the summertime is is, is amazing because everybody knows that summer is short you really need to live full-on every day and and everybody's so active and, and you know doing a lot of things and, and be happy and and whatnot so so summertime definitely in the Nordics is, is something what you cannot beat
0: yes I so agree and it was very sad that mm-hmm. um, could, we couldn't go there this year but hopefully next year there's a new new possibility and uh, I, I all the time I'm saying everybody next year will be amazing for everyone. That next year will be hugely successful and fun and happy, and you know a lot of good things will come. Yes, year.
1: absolutely. Especially now when you have 2020 as a benchmark. So. Yes,
0: exactly, exactly. But hey, Sami, it's been fantastic to talk to you. Very. Likewise. I am I am so excited about Nordic Innovation House. Uh, because I think it's really amazing what you guys do, and hopefully you, you. you have plans to, uh, you know, expand to other part of other part of Asia and even Pacific in Pacific in one day and bring some Nordic innovation in in our part of the world.
1: Yes, yes, great. Thank you so much, and thanks for having me here. It was a pleasure.
0: Thank you very much. That's a wrap for 2021. Thank you so much for listening and supporting Nordic Insights. You might have noticed that there was a break between episodes 24 and 25. The reason being I have been working on a new business project behind the scenes. I will reveal it very soon. Stay tuned. Happy New Year and let's start 2021 with a clean slate and make it the best ever year for us all. Don't forget to hit subscribes so you don't miss any episodes. And if you enjoyed this podcast, I would appreciate if you would leave a quick rating and review. You can also find Nordic Insights on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you for listening. Voi huvin Hadesopra. Take care.